Welcome to the Lost Boys to Found Fathers podcast. I'm Will Haycox and joining me is my co-host Gabe O'Sullivan. We're men who've suffered the loss of a child and through this production we desire to offer encouragement, strength, and hope to our fellow brothers who traveled the same journey. Today we've got a special guest here and Gabe, I'll hand it over to you to introduce him. Thank you so much, Will. Uh, yes, we have Mr. Rob Nelson with us today. I've known Mr. Rob for many years and certainly enjoyed uh, all of our interactions with one another. I know one time we met up at Sugar and Spice for lunch uh, several years ago and I came home and I remember I telling my wife that I was like, my mind was fried after talking with you in a good way because just the things that, that the, what the wisdom that, that you shared with me and the things that you were saying just really blew my mind. and. And it was one of those experiences where I just remember that like these were things that I had been thinking about, wrestling with, praying about, and then just to, it was almost like God had just given you those words to say to me at that time, and I certainly never forgot that. And so when we started doing this, I mean, you're one of the first names that I wrote down on folks that we wanted to interview. And so thank you so much for joining us here today. And um, with that, Mr. Nelson has a, a great ministry here uh, in the upstate of South Carolina that probably extends greater than the upstate of South Carolina. But I want to uh, thank you for being here. And if you could tell us a little bit about your ministry and what you do and then how folks could get in touch with you, because I, um, I feel that after today that folks are going to want to want to be able to, to find you and, and be able to connect with you. Thank you. It's, it's great to have the opportunity to always to share, uh, even in difficult things, as I mentioned to you before. I, th- I think there's it's very... Uh, healing in a lot of ways to be able to share with other people and so our testimony I believe is certainly that Um, I would say uh, our ministry is Grace Point Ministries Uh, we started in 2009 and uh, started the new ministry to provide biblical counsel and support services uh, to children youth and families in crisis uh, but the emphasis and the strategy that we have that's kind of unique is in order to do that, we basically provide trauma-informed soul care to ministry leaders. So most of my <clears throat> time is spent now working with leaders in the trenches of pastors, missionaries, uh, nonprofit uh, uh, ministries, that sort of thing. and and come alongside them and their realities of life and the challenges that they face, which uh, often uh, we don't get permission to be that, uh, but yet uh, we're very much in the middle of, of, a, of a, a battle almost all the time. So, so in that, uh, a lot of it is centered around uh, a trauma-informed uh, understanding, helping process trauma, uh, and experiences that, that they go through and and uh, from a biblical standpoint is to uh, really I think a key is to try to help us all integrate what is we know is true biblically we may have accepted and lived our life from but often the challenge of knowing how to integrate that reality into these trauma realities in other words, for many years of my life, my my faith would have been a form of denial to escape the realities of the pain and the traumas that we that we experience, and I never really knew how to take that reality 
he gave it to us for the such situations because he knew we would face that. So anyway, that's uh, just kind of short the context that we operate in on a day-to-day -day basis and just uh, sitting down with people and their, their points of need. So, so that's come from a lot of real life experience um, that has built that, uh, I guess been the, our equipping for this season in ministry has truly been our own experience of traumas and, and challenges. And um, for 20, 19 years before we started Grace Point Ministries, my wife and I ran a group home for Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A through their Windshape Homes program. Uh, we had 45 children placed in our home over that period of time and and uh, raised uh, long-term three years to 30 years, uh, 20 of those, and we still are mom and dad and, and Papa Rob and Granta Rose to, to uh, 35 grandchildren now. Wow. That's awesome. So uh, we're we're here by the miracle of God, but it was through that setting that we experienced so many different uh, levels of trauma and grief and challenges. Uh, it was kind of our our uh, my ninety year old mentor mentor says we're in the school of God. So uh, so a lot of my background. Uh, uh, got education in psychology and social work, but most of what I do now has come from truly being in the trenches of ministry settings and life and family because they all were meshed together. Uh, so that's really what inspired the development of Grace Point was uh, if we're in that place where we're, our faith was real, we're passionate, we knew God had called us there, but all of a sudden we're finding ourselves in all these realities that uh, and, and uh, we had tremendous program and a lot of support pieces, but we didn't have some of those day-to-day -day relational support pieces and counsel that we needed to process that daily. So it accumulated year after year until it began to affect us holistically like unbelievable. Uh, so physical uh, uh, problems and certainly the emotional and depression and different things that were were brewing there and um, and then that took us to you know really the challenge of what do you believe and why do you believe it and and again back to where I said how do we how does this this must integrate into this somehow. God, you you have to know where we're at, and um, so anyway, that's the challenge. Is that uh, we're excited and considered a privilege now to again to share our journey, but not just to tell our stories so that we can feel better, but because we see how deeply and meticulously that God has worked in and through those realities to the degree that it has to fit in your plan. Mm -hmm. It has to fit in your purposes and it has to fit in your goodness. Mm. Man, that's awesome. And I love what you said, <clears throat> a couple, several things, but one of them, you said all meshed together, that those experiences are all meshed together. And I think that's the beauty with the Lord is that 
if we allow him, he doesn't, it's like our life is not compartmentalized. Like he no. takes, it's all together. It should be all, we should be learning from each thing and each experience and each person, you know, that we encounter. And he uses all of that to make us. It's kind of like when our kids in our four-year-old Sunday school class, you know, they, we can give them different colors of Play-Doh, but what do they want to do? They just want to mix them all together and make their creation out of it. They don't want to just use this color to make this thing and this color to make this thing. They want to put them all together. And yeah. I think that's what God's done. What you've allowed him to do with you is, is yeah. as you said, is all those things mesh together. And then you, you said also not just to tell our story so that we would feel better. And that's something that Will and I talked about in this, in this podcast before is the kind of, uh, you know, I think the word may be cathartic. You're, you're my literary guy over here, but where we, we can, you know, recount these experiences that, and it's good to do that. It's good to talk about what we've went through because we get that off our chest. We get it out. Um, and even certainly our kids to, to, to mention them and not hide them and keep that suppressed. Um, but what's the real reason is to bring honor and glory to God and then to be an encouragement and help to others. And, and that's what you and your wife certainly do in your ministry and in your life. And, and we just are so thankful for that. Mm. Um, so with that and, and knowing that background kind of of, of you and your family and with Grace Point, you know, certainly this, this podcast is, a, is, is about encouraging men who are dads whether they have children here on earth or whether they have children that have gone already to heaven or if they've got both. Uh, and so that's a reason that we wanted to have you on here today is because uh, you, like us, have children in heaven. And so if, if you wouldn't mind, if you'd kind of share the story of that situation as well, mm-hmm. and then um, certainly there's some questions and follow-up that we'll uh get with you in regards to that just to, to kind of glean from your experience strength and hope as my mom and dad always say mm-hmm. um, in order to be an encouragement to others okay um, as I said we we have a lot of children uh, and uh, they range from age 27 to 48 now so I'm, I'm telling my age here uh, but uh, two of those uh, children by birth and our youngest 20 who's 27 now uh, um, um, in 2010 was uh, in a horrific car accident and was on life support and um, for a few days there, we were processing the loss of, of, of him. But we, as long as he was still, even on life support, there was still hope. And um, that carried us through. And, and uh, a lot of stories there, but I didn't realize at that time the preparation, if you will, and some of the things that God was teaching me and showing me at that time that would lead to uh, our oldest son by birth in September 20th, 2019, was uh, killed instantly in a car accident in Atlanta. And uh, so I've kind of been on both ends of that to see both outcomes. Uh, And interestingly enough, when our son was in a car accident in 2010, um, 
if I can tell this story, I actually ran into your dad in the hospital the day that uh, our youngest son was, uh, he, he miraculously walked out of the hospital in 13 days, and this was like on day 12, and I run into your dad in the lobby of the hospital, who was going through a very difficult time right then, the same week, and I saw this faith in him, and, I, and he was encouraging me and he had just experienced a great loss. Mm. And I walked away from that day and I saying, you know, God, I've done pretty good with this outcome, but I have to wonder what, how I would have done if the outcome had not been the same. Mm. And then little did I know that in nine years later, I would experience that outcome. So. I, I think that contrast, God really used that again in going before me. You know, we probably all can look back and and even as difficult as it still is today because it's fresh every day. Uh, it, that's helped me knowing that he He knew that beforehand and, and he was already preparing a way. So, so 2019, that was, uh, you know, a call in the afternoon. Uh, uh, actually, I had tried to call him, and uh, when the phone answered, it was the police department, oh, and, and they had been trying to find out how to get in touch with us. So just a, a, certainly an immediate shock, um, which... Uh, I have to say falls in, when I when I use the term trauma, which I use a lot because I'm that's so much a part of, of what we do and what our experiences have been. Trauma is not just a bad car accident or some event, but trauma is when things come against your beliefs, values, images. This is the way life is supposed to look. This is the way it's supposed to be. So when you get a call like that or you experience the things that you all have and many others on different levels, different ages, uh, in some way, that that's when you think of trauma that way, you can understand that that rocks our world. I mean, it shakes us to the foundations of who we are what we believe and so and i think it's even especially true almost more so for believers as well because we have put our faith in god and he's our protector and he's our deliverer and he's so this is not supposed to happen uh, especially not to me you know for real honest so the shock of that, uh, uh, of course, took me back because it was so sudden and unexpected. There was no prep for that. Um, so it challenged all our faculties in terms of uh, even in, in our faith as to how to respond to that. But... Uh, uh, yeah, a lot of things in his story that led up to that. So I don't know. Uh, man, you just share, man. Whatever. Yes. Uh, um, 
that uh, for me there was so much uh, again it took me uh, and I'm still it's two, that was two and a half years ago and every day the constant triggers is I know it's very common uh, I mean you can't go anywhere without seeing something hearing something seeing somebody driving by somewhere that triggers some thought and memory of them and that that reality but that of course began that journey and and the challenges that come at that time again when with the questions and the confusion and the things that uh, uh, we're talking about life being meshed together I think that's uh, we're in that journey for God to teach us. Uh, our focal scripture for our ministry is Acts 17, 27, 28, that, that we would seek and find that in Him we live and move and have our very being. It's, it's, it's all of life. It's not just our church time and our, it's not even just our, our spiritual quiet time. It is, whole, spiritual is holistic, I believe. So they, we're coming to understand that. Well, trauma on the counterpart of that wants to compile and mesh all of these negative realities. And I believe the enemy wants to use trauma to take us out of that identity that we find in him. Wow. Yeah. And so when, when this happened... Uh, again, because of the context of what God has been teaching us about that, I'm thankful that I was able to be begin to be able to process that pretty quickly there. But that's not the norm. That's not common, and I recognize that. And, I, and as, as I've mentioned to you before, I try to be real careful in even how I language some of the, some of those things because. Uh, it's different for different people and different experiences and I never want to minimize uh, the, the depth of the pain and loss with my faith and, and, and the place that I've come to believe in confident faith that God, you know, he's, he's got this. So I wanted to make sure that was clear because it's so easy to come in here and, 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 and really blow off in religion, mm -hmm. I would say, and just trust God, everything will be okay. Mm -hmm. And as true as that is, if I don't acknowledge authentically that pain and loss, and I don't uh, grieve and lament that reality in a healthy way, there's gonna, it's going to get out of mm -hmm. balance. Yeah, so, I think that's... That's an important point to make there because I think a lot of times, at least I know when I'm sitting down to write episode notes, I'm thinking like, all right, so what verse applies to this? I'm like, okay, how can we, you know, explain this verse is how you should react. And you know, like you say, you know, trust God, know he has a plan, you know, all these things are true, but yeah. it's really easy to think that they're just, you know, the spiritual high-minded thing yeah. that 
you just have to sit in a room and meditate and you know god will just pour peace and love all over yeah. you and you just don't hurt anymore yeah and yeah. that's not the way that it works maybe for some people it is but it's not the way it worked for me it's not the way it worked for gabe and i'm sure not the way it worked for you it's you have to wake up every day and you have to choose yeah. to trust the lord you have to yeah. take those steps and i think that's an important thing that you brought up there that it has to be practical in a sense mm-hmm. and we just recorded a, an episode with uh, Pastor Ashton Amerson from the mill and he is the, the leader of the biblical counseling ministry mm-hmm. at the mill and he gave us some of those practical steps too and so I think that's something we definitely want you to touch on is yeah. how do you take and in your experience how did you take reading in the Bible and knowing the stories knowing the truths about the Lord and apply those to your life in a way that it made a difference every day and specifically in how to deal with trauma yeah yeah Wow, um, we have to do a series of podcasts for <laughs> some of these, but we like to give easy questions. Yeah, yeah. but 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 absolutely, because again, what we're talking about are foundations to live from, mm-hmm. and so often in our faith, we are living for. Mm-hmm. If you're living for, and things don't measure up. I'm probably going to have some issues here. And and so, again, I think the journey of our experience and what we're continuing to learn, again, to be so... Uh, I'm working on a study in Colossians again right now and just this being rooted and grounded in our faith. Okay, that is that concept conceptual? Is it based on theology and doctrine, or is it based on an, an ongoing, growing relationship with a living God that I'm coming to know so intimately and find that He really is good and wow. He really is for me and not against me? Uh, he is faithful. He, he has a plan, and that would be great and fine to know that he has a plan and hope it's going to work out. But if we read the scriptures as a whole, very rarely do we know how the story ends. But in scripture, we've been given the outcome and, and we've been given the promises that it is complete. It is done. And so really our journey is coming to accept that personally and intimately. Uh, when I talk about identity, I'm talking about your life being found in Him. Our life is hidden in Him. The New Testament is full of this language, but again, we, we disassociate when it comes to practical realities. Mm -hmm. And we have to shift over into this religious, spiritual mindset that disconnects. Mm -hmm. And it was given for that. Mm -hmm. So so these practical realities, if you will, in terms of responding in these times, my mind, my feelings, are going in one direction, are going in a number of directions. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
in fact, the way the brain works and all the programming and the files that are in there from my whole life, you better believe, man, they're jerking files out there, papers mm -hmm. flying everywhere at that mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. But I have, I have been practicing and still have a lot of practice to do to stop and take a breath mm -hmm. and say, okay, we got to come back to these foundations. What you've been teaching me, God, that is true about you and it's true about me in you. It's true for my son. It's true for my wife. You know, my immediate thing is how in the world am I going to tell Rose? Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that shakes me to the core right now. Mm -hmm. Brings up all these emotions and things just from the, from the memory of that time. See, all that's logged in the brain. We're dealing with that every day now each of us in our own level and our own experience. Uh, so again, what I'm talking about, I did that day, I have to do daily. It's a lifestyle. It's, it's a constant reset, if you will, when my feelings and my emotions and things are triggering in my mind to go back to the foundation. Now that to me is getting down to a spirit level. And I believe our, our identity is determined by our spirit. If it was determined by our mind and emotions, I mean, you can change your mind on a, mm -hmm. on a dime. Your, your feelings are changing constantly mm -hmm. uh, with those thoughts and all these different things. And, and uh, I mean, if your identity is found in your job and you lose mm -hmm. your job, then what? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, mm -hmm. if it's in your marriage and your marriage splits, mm -hmm. Where are you? So this thing of identity is absolutely critical to life itself, and it is the journey that God has us on. But when it comes to trauma and the, these type realities, which will come, again, the Bible is full of truth. It's not just in spiritual, doctrinal, theological truth. It's in truth for life. All of created design is laid out in that book. So this has to be brought into that context. So I'm, I'm maybe warped enough to where when I, when I go into certain situations and make up certain observations, my mind goes into this, this new context, if you will, that has been developing over time. Who is he? Who am I in him? What are his promises to me? What has he already given me in the game plan here? So, immediate, at some point, I have to come back, well, this has to be factored in. Mm -hmm. Do I like it? Not just no, mm -hmm. <laughs> but hell no. Mm -hmm. I mean, it brings out to the core of me resistance. No, mm -hmm. this is not supposed to be like this. Mm -hmm. And it's not. God didn't desire us to have to experience that we we again we begin to get into some of these again we could go on forever but it takes us back to if you look at the core of who we are in him and what his purpose is you have to go back and look at the reality of what happened at the fall and that was not his desire for us he's been uh, throughout eternity will continue to redeem that which was lost at that time but the word being truth says in this 
world, you will suffer trials and tribulations. And then the Bible is full of centuries of examples of what that mm-hmm. is, will look like, and we can face mm-hmm. in this life. So trauma is trauma, but it has to be put in context as well. Mm-hmm. And that can be done without minimizing it. Mm-hmm or minimizing our pain. or In fact, it doesn't minimize it. When you come alive in Christ, you feel the pain and loss like you never have before. I mean, if you think about that, we think about the exhilaration of, of coming to know Christ and coming alive in Christ. But, but when you come fully alive, you feel pain like never before. You're not numbing it. Wow. You're facing it full-blown. So that's not a bad thing, you know. We we don't want to feel that, and we feel like we're in a wrong place. But but again, we're coming into touch with this reality of a living God. See, see, trauma feels like an end, but I say it's a gateway. It's a gateway to know Him like we've never known before, and to understand ourselves and our realities in life and the, and those realities if and as we're able to walk with him through that we are able to live triumphantly overcoming we've heard all those terms our whole life but it's because based on our foundation we're living above the line now and that doesn't mean denial of what's below the line but for me this is where I choose to live. Mm-hmm. So, sorry for that long. Uh, but but on that day when I got that call, I went back into the place where I was at, told a friend, will you come out here and pray with me? Mm-hmm. I sat down on a bench with him, took a breath, let him pray, and then it was very simply what I've been learning in my life, come fully present into the moment with a God who is present and is all-powerful. His love is perfect. His promises are sure. I don't get this. I don't like it. I'm, I'm mad. I'm confused. I'm hurt. But what do you have to say? And where do I put the next foot? Mm-hmm. And I've been doing that for the last two and a half years. Mm-hmm. It's see, it's it would be great to have a checkoff list, mm-hmm. but but it's learning a lifestyle that no matter what the circumstance or situation, it never changes because mm-hmm. it's Him, same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm learning to walk. <clears throat> in the reality of my union with Christ, but very practical. Mm-hmm. So maybe not answering your your question as specifically as I would like to, and that is when it comes to grieving and lamenting, uh, that takes mm-hmm. complete authenticity mm-hmm. and honesty that he so welcomes, and so often we feel like we're not supposed to Look, look throughout the book of Psalms alone, mm-hmm. and David. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I have 
uh, hope I'm not being disrespectful, but uh, sometimes I call them the schizo psalms <laughs> because it's like there's two different guys. He says, you read the first part of this chapter and this guy's a, a raving idiot. And then, and then all of a sudden, where did that guy go? He's pray. See, he he went back. Mm -hmm. That's why he was called a man after God's own heart. He had this lifestyle, and he was real. He obviously wasn't perfect. It wasn't based on his performance and his choices. But he had a lifestyle, and I believe that's the that's the opportunity, if mm -hmm. you will that we have through these difficult situations. Mm -hmm. Now that's great for us, but again, our greatest concern is the one that we lost. Mm -hmm. And we want nothing more than their life to be valuable, significant, mm -hmm. uh, and we feel like that's been cut off. But I believe as we walk in these truths, we actually, and as we share their stories, we share our stories with them, it glorifies God, but it actually is a continuing fulfillment of their purpose mm -hmm. and their tremendous value as a creation of God. I feel like I'm watching Ryan's life being continued to be played out here after he's gone through his testimony and this share the story of God's faithfulness faithfulness in his story. Um, I'm, I'm just keep rattling so you no, can stop man, thank me you. And I, you know, I, I, I know I've probably so stirred many, a number of questions yeah, or thoughts holy moly, I man. mean just uh, <clears> take <throat> a breath here I mean I love that so many things that you said I wrote a whole page of notes here and I mean a couple of them the last thing King David had a lifestyle you know and, and I, it seems you said that and I was thinking a lifestyle of what were you going to say? What were you going to finish that thought up with? He said a lifestyle of... Authentic communication and correspondence with a living God. That's so good. And and, and then you were saying, too, that with the schizo psalms, I love that because it's, like you said, authentic. Like, he wasn't just trying to say, okay, here's, here's, you know, here's the truth. He was saying, here's my emotions, here's my wrestling with my not understanding why God's allowing this or that to go on in the right. world with... My enemy's chasing me and these guys are bad and I'm not trying to be like God and chase mm -hmm. after him, but then they're succeeding and I'm not. Or here's my sin. You know, here's the struggles that I'm facing with yeah. X, Y, or Z. And he, he, uh, that authentic, I love that word. That he, but then what does he do at the end? Like you said, he comes back to the truth and reality of God. Why? Because he was grounded and, as you said before, rooted in that scripture. And that's... Mm -hmm. You said something earlier. You said there was no prep for that mm -hmm. when you got that phone call. Because you didn't have the prep time to uh, to have a child in the hospital that was sick for a while, like someone might with mm -hmm. a cancer, with a terminal illness that you know, barring a miracle, this is going to go, you know, this is going to end in us right. burying this child. It was just sudden, so there was no prep for that. But you know, because of what you just said, all those years prior, prep for that point so that then you could sit down on that bench 
have that man pray for you, collect yourself, and then yeah. ask God, okay, what's the next step forward? And we, we've said before in here that preseason is for a reason, you know, and, and all those life events that have led up to those experiences are preparing us for that next step and for that next life event. And, yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, you, you said this is the second time this has come up to me within a week, a week and a half. <clears throat> you said that if our foundation is to live our foundation should be to live from Mm -hmm. not for in our faith and the uh, a buddy of mine we had lunch like last thursday or last friday it was and he was telling me about the cooper cup interview after the super bowl Mm -hmm. and how he was saying he said those same things he said i was living from victory not for victory and so that freed me up and that was something i'd never I guess I might have heard it, but it never sunk in that when it really hit me that day. And then you just saying it again, I think God's obviously trying to teach me something here, you know, to live from, not for. And and it's the center of faith. Faith is accepting and believing. Now, if you think about it in the grieving cycles, the last stage of of grieving is acceptance. Mm. Now, we think of that as... You know, I'm never going to accept this because it shouldn't have happened like this. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not saying accept it, like it, agree with it even. But recognizing and acknowledging it for what it truly is and putting that in the hands of of a consistent God, one who doesn't change and waver, Yes, is... Um, I, I wanted to... to when you said that about the prep, we think of prep, preparation, so that we are ready and know what to do and how to do it. But prep in the kingdom is this context, this foundation that's already set. Mm-hmm. So when the do part comes, we're looking to what he's going to do before what I'm going to do. Wow. So we are called scripturally to abide. Mm. We're, you know, the scripture, it says he won't put anything on you that you can't handle. I'm, I'm don't, not sure I agree with that in the, con, in the way that we often use it because you will get in situations that you cannot handle. Why? Where do you experience his strength most manifested in your life? Is in your weakness. It's in the places of brokenness that we experience him, him most intimately. Now, do I like that? No. But, but you know that's scriptural. And so when you take those type of things, when I talk about the word... When I, you know, I can not just pulling them out of context, but when I've got the context set for who God is, who the nature and character of this God I say I believe in, then when I pull that out, it still has to fit into that. So that's my, that's my accountability in that. So that's huge, especially for us as men, because we're doers. So. We want a checklist. Tell me what to do. We, 
So I was mad because I wasn't prepared for that, but yet I was fully prepared because my preparation was not me. Mm-hmm. And he let me get in a situation that I could not. Obviously, I'm very analytical. I love processing and figuring things out. Why? He showed me even in that. You want to, you want, I pray through COVID, just give me clarity and understanding. He said, you know, that's, I want to give you discernment, but, but do you know why you really want clarity? So you can be in control. Wow. Yeah. So again, traumatic events these things we have no control over them you got a child laying there in the hospital and you can't do anything about it and again i had the sudden no no prep time as i said but yet in 2010 i was processing life support 15 year old kid you know i i I did taste that season so if he had you know it just came later the other outcome but do you hear the consistencies in that Mm -hmm. and the other thing that you mentioned that that i thought of too hebrews 4 it talks that's that's really our cue for this holistic reality the word divides what soul and spirit bone and marrow dividing thoughts and the intents of the heart See, God's the one that sorts all this out, and and He will do it. He is the faithful counselor. So even as we continue this journey of grieving and lamenting, who's in charge of that? My counselor can't even do it. But for a believer who is in union with Christ, <clears throat> I found such freedom. I'm sorry, I'm bouncing all over the place because I got so many things going through my head. But but there have been days where I would sit down and I'd say, Father, I really just don't feel like going there today. And hear him say, that's okay, son. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. We got eternity to process that. And now, not do that out of avoidance or denial, mm-hmm. but to know I'm on a journey. And Father, you're faithful. You're not going anywhere. And you know how bad this hurts. Not only did you watch your son die, but you watched the, the terrible uh, abuse and trauma and you know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Right. So yeah. he can relate to our affirmities yes. in that. But to go to him in that, and and then there are certain days that I sit down and I say, okay, what do you want? What do you want me to look at? What do you want me to think about? What do you want me to process? Mm-hmm. What am I holding on to? What am I not trusting <clears throat> you with? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. here because that was one of the biggies for me is will you trust me with this mm-hmm. when you can't figure it out mm-hmm. yeah I think that's, that's something you mentioned a little while ago you talked about how trauma shakes what we know to be true and 
how the enemy wants to use trauma to take us away from God's plan and trusting God. And again, not, you know, obviously this podcast is about the death of a child, so not to minimize trauma in any sense, but and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, we experience trauma every day in maybe small ways that you could look at trauma as something taking you away from trusting the Lord as whatever, you know, there was really bad traffic and so you were late to work and your boss yells at you and that's trauma and you start your day off in a bad place or you and your wife had a fight the night before and so you wake up and you've already experienced that and you're reliving that trauma of that fight and that hurt that you're feeling. And so even if there's someone listening to this that hasn't gone through the same loss of a child, everything you're saying still applies because there's the trauma of divorce, there's the trauma of significant financial burdens, there's a trauma of, you know, any number of things that all of this truth still applies to. And I I like what you just said about Hebrews 4, the word dividing the thoughts and intents of the heart and the enemy trying to use all those traumas to pull you closer to the flesh and closer to, you know, I, I hate, like you said, you know, there's, I know that this is in the Bible, but it doesn't make sense to me or it just makes me mad so I don't want to even think about the Bible you know I don't want to pray right now I want to just live in this I want to numb it through alcohol I want to numb it through having fun I want to numb it through you know whatever and we have to take those steps each day to trust the Lord and choose to trust the Lord rather than allowing ourselves being pulled away from him in this trauma so I, I think that's a a lot that you just said there that applies really to any situation. Yes. Absolutely. And again, we're going back to lifestyle. We go back to Acts 17. In Him we live and move. See, we're finding practical integration of this spiritual reality that touches everything. It's it's our very breath. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not done in the head. I mean, you look back through history and biblical history and what the Gnostics have done with that, you know, that's the world we live in. That's the, you know, we pre-modern, post-modern, we keep moving away from this spiritual reality, this life in the spirit. Uh, and even in the church, we, we, we get settled in the ways of the flesh. We're trying to apply scripture and a carnal flesh. That's what Paul, so much of the writings are there about. But we, especially in this, this point of the eternal timeline, are being called to live by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Trauma is, can be a gift mm-hmm. to break us out of that cycle of living far below what Christ died to give us. Wow. Mm-hmm. So again, you see value. You see love, acceptance worth and security in Christ in the midst of extremely unstable realities in this life and world. Mm-hmm. See, we're, we're being transformed, we're being changed into a spiritual being. Mm-hmm. We're actually not being changed into it, it's being manifested that which was done when we became a new creation in Christ. Mm-hmm. But this world is this world. You know, uh, grieving, you go through the denial, anger, and bargaining, all those different things. 
you know, we're still trying to give credit where credit's due. We're still living out of that other tree, the blame and shame. We're wanting, we're de- we're trying to deal with our own guilt and the guilt of others, and we're trying our God. What mm-hmm. somebody's got to pay here? Mm-hmm. See, we're still in that tree. Mm-hmm. In the name of Jesus, but there's a totally different tree over here, and that's what I'm talking about. Is this coming to a place? So it means everything when it comes to the depth of these types of trauma mm-hmm. because you're you're exactly right again i define trauma as anything that comes against your beliefs values images this is the way it should look expectations of this is the way life ought to be and ought to go mm-hmm. so that can happen on so many different levels so this the word is sufficient mm-hmm. applicable in all ways uh yeah, Second Corinthians twelve nine, you know, it kind of sums it up. His strength and our weakness, and His grace is sufficient in that, no matter what the situation there. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say it makes me think of that that about the expectations. It made me think immediately of my middle son, <clears throat> who I love dearly, and he's ten years old, and he will get these expectations in his mind of the way something is supposed to go and when it doesn't happen right it is not good for any of us <laughs> in the household mm-hmm. um, so much so that he will he will he will like literally tell himself that he and uh, the I or his mother have said certain things or promised him certain things that we know we never did mm-hmm. I'll just use a simple example of you told me that I could eat a candy bar for breakfast. Mm-hmm. It's not usually that extreme, but mm-hmm. pretty close. Okay, mm-hmm. and so, and we're like, son, we would have never said yes. You did say that yesterday after I cleaned my room. You promised me I could have a candy bar for breakfast mm-hmm. the next day. Mm-hmm. And we're like, bro, we did not say that. We would never say that. And so then his life becomes very unmanageable for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, and then I get super frustrated with him, obviously. And 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 I'm like, man, where's this even coming from? Like, mm-hmm. where's the disconnect? You know, mentally there, and I think probably one of the reasons that I get so frustrated with him is because that's me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's me right there, like me getting frustrated at him because of my shortcomings, of my expectations. When they're not met, then I get unmanageable. But God, you said X, Y, or Z. Yeah. If I did this, you would do that, and we have all these expectations, and then. So I'm inducing that trauma on myself for various reasons, not about having candy bars for breakfast, um, maybe not having ice cream for breakfast. Cause that's, that's, that's good, so. um, but the point being, you know, I'm seeing those things in him, but those are the same things I'm struggling with. So that's why it bothers me more, you know. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. I think that I'm glad you said that because I think that's something I need to work on in myself. Yeah. Still, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it does, and 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 you just uh, we could talk for days on just the the realities in parenting of what God's teaching us about this lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, and how giving our child permission to be a child, mm-hmm. uh, God has to do the same <clears throat> thing with us. So wow. it's it, it it breaks down again the relationship intimate relationship there, and uh, so we're talking about lifestyle. I mm-hmm. mean it's. Uh, I could again, and and I I know it. I can we can break down these steps to grief and that sort of thing, and and that's important. 
and, and we can do that on another day. We don't have time today because it is important to recognize those stages and where we are in those and to understand that those are not a pattern that you just work through. Mm -hmm. You go back and forth. If you've looked at the five stages of grief or sometimes they're put in seven categories, um, uh, yeah, we're experiencing all those things, but you don't go through denial and then you get angry and then and then we get over here to acceptance and we're good. Wow, that's a great I mean, you, yeah. you could, and, and, and so trauma resolution is helping people process through those realities. Those are just labels. They're like diagnoses. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're just trying to label something we're experiencing. Mm -hmm. So they're not a pattern that you just check off the list again. Mm -hmm. but, they're, but it is good to know about them as I'm listening and walking through this with the Lord and say, yeah, I guess that, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Now I've mm -hmm. got a point to, to have discussion authentically about. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I'm still angry. Mm -hmm. Or, okay, here I'm bargaining now. Now I'm yeah. trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make this feel better. I'm trying to get, so, you know, I'm trying to get something out of it or make something work. I've mm -hmm. gone back to trying to be God in this situation again. Mm -hmm. So, um, I want to say in the lifestyle piece, I wanted to make sure I mention this, that uh, it may make some sense in, in how do you bring these two pieces together, of this reality and confidence in God, but yet this incredible pain and loss. I was listening one day on, a, on the radio. I just heard this pastor real quickly say, you know, what is the shortest verse in the Bible? And we would all say, Jesus, Jesus wept. And he said, actually, and, and I'm, I'm sorry I haven't confirmed this, but I believe it's true that he said there's actually one that's shorter. When you go back to the original language, it's got one character shorter than Jesus wept. And it's rejoice always. Oh, wow. And so I thought about that, and I thought, well, that's real cool. I like stuff like that. So my wife came home, and I shared that with or that night, you know, just as a point of information that I thought was cool. cool. But later that night, uh, as I was getting ready for bed and just having some time with the Lord, it was all but audible, it's like. He said, you know, this lifestyle, this life that we're living and going through is really summed up in the two shortest verses in the Bible. Mm, wow. Because we're constantly in a place of grieving and rejoying, mm -hmm. rejoicing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true as we face the daily ongoing triggers mm -hmm. and realities of the loss of a child, which is different than anything else that you might experience from a trauma standpoint. Mm -hmm. I'm not rating them. I'm not ga gauging those. But there's nothing... And I've been through a lot of different types of traumas that's like that. Um, so you, cont you you see again, even in what we talked about in David throughout Psalms, and I mean, it's all through Scripture, these different examples. <clears throat> but it's important that we understand those two elements and we practically know how to apply those. Mm -hmm. So we need a lot more discipleship 
on understanding what does grieving look like. Mm-hmm. What's the difference in grieving and lamenting? You know, lamenting is more the expression of that which I am grieving in different ways. That's that's all has brain function value mm-hmm. in terms of sorting and and bringing healing and even changing chemical release in the brain that affects our feelings, mm-hmm. those kind of things. Uh, so we're we're doing that, but yet we've got this context that rejoice, rejoying, it's re, it's already there. And I'm, 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 I'm shifting in to this is where I live from. This is my context. These are the foundations. And we also need a lot more discipleship on understanding this Hebrews 4, dividing soul, spirit, bone, and marrow. Uh, scripture says that uh, in Christ, it brings life to our mortal body. There's physical you know, and natural health, those kind of things. There, uh, God designed this thing. He knows what makes it work. It's in the Word, but it has to go back in order of His design. And so the spiritual found, that's why the spiritual foundation is so critical, because out of it now I can I can receive and be ministered to in my mind and emotions and my physical needs and those kind of things. It's it's from the inside out. So we're talking about an exhale, inhale, breathing process uh, that we're learning to process these realities. Uh, I know we're coming up close to the end of our time here, but there's a couple of things that that I would like to touch on. Um, we We can certainly have you back. I'd love to find time to do that. But when we talked a lot about our personal relationship with trauma and with the Lord through that, and I just wanted to touch on our marriage relationship mm-hmm. being the second most important mm-hmm. relationship in our lives, second just to that of with us and the Lord. Um, how did, you know, coming, Gabe, you and Gabe know each other. I don't know, you know, I didn't know you at all before this podcast. Uh, would you just tell me a little bit about your relationship with your wife and how the two of you walked through this together and how maybe you encouraged each other to draw close to the Lord or you struggled with that and had to help push each other back to him yeah, rather than, yeah. uh, you know, doing that organically. But if you just share yeah. a little bit about your wife and your relationship with her. Absolutely. Because again, the loss of a child, I think, uh, is a, is a, trying time for marriage like nothing else as well because it's it's uh, again just because of the individual reality now you've got a couple here that are trying to process this and from their own place and all these temptations to go into different places to try to resolve it Uh, again this if we're in this other tree and there's blame and shame and Mm -hmm. and uh I know my wife and I have had a lot of conversations about, from, from day one, the temptation to go to woulda, coulda, shoulda. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always lurking. And, and because we so long for one more day, one more conversation, one more hug, those kind of things. And, 
and again the anger just the anger and the disappointment the kind of things that come into that and 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 those are all common things that come against relationships anyway but again this is on such a deep level that the enemy uh, i mean the i know the i've heard the percentages on breakups in marriage from a loss of a child is just astronomical so i get that and and in my our experience we we will have been married 44 years this month and uh, we've weathered a lot of storms together and we literally are still growing up together and so we've been very blessed in that area uh, and are very sensitive though to the realities of that and i think i think what has helped us is just like we're talking about with our children given permission I had, I've, I've had to recognize she is a woman uh, she is not processing exactly the same way I'm, as I am uh, she is the mother of this child she carried this child in her womb it's different for her it doesn't minimize mine or, or change mine but to, uh, there are even certain things that I've watched her respond and deal as she's processed this and how to, how to hold on to memories and things that she said in the house and things that, that uh, are important to her. And whether I think they're important or they may even be uh, disturbing to me, but to recognize and acknowledge that and, and let her be where she is. Uh, and then from that standpoint, the same thing I do in my ministry, I, I constantly use uh, 2 Peter 1.12, I'll continually remind you of what you know and what's in you. You know, that's the encouragement and exhortation that we all need daily. And. And so I'm very thankful that, again, because of this lifestyle that's been developing, and and we certainly have a long way to go, and some days are, look really good and some days don't. Mm -hmm. And there's conflict. We're normal. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have learned to sit down and process that. Uh, you know, for her to ask questions and disagree and so important. That is grieving and lamenting. We're we're getting this out. We're, but but often and there have been times when when we we just needed to be apart and we just needed to be quiet. Mm -hmm. Again, just like I said, God gave me permission to not go there today, mm -hmm. to recognize that and give freedom <coughs> in the relationship for that too, and understand I'm not rejecting you. It's not that I don't want to hear you or listen to you. We're not devaluing. So again, these are things that you don't just do or not do. It's 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 the way you think, the way you it's perspective mm -hmm. that again I believe comes from how we are growing to know that God relates to us mm -hmm. in intimate ways. Um, that's kind of a general mm -hmm. response to that, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, is that that's helpful? Yeah, I think that's we've talked about that before, but you know, like you said, you know the the trauma, the experience that you go through after you lose a child as a man, I'm sure is different than what they go through as, as a woman and as the mother of that child. And, and 
and Gabe and I's experience that you know our wives got to carry these children and then you know, Gabe got to spend a short time with his girls and I didn't get to spend any time with my son while he was living mm-hmm. and so it's it's just a totally different perspective you're coming from a totally different history with that child and so and even in your your case you know you had a different relationship with your son than mm-hmm. your wife did and you related mm-hmm. differently had different conversations so I think that's that's helpful for you to point out that you just need to give each other yeah. space to deal with it in your own way. Um, and I, I just appreciate you taking an hour out of your life to come here and, and share with us. And hopefully we can find time to do it again soon. Yeah. Can I mention just a couple other things real quick? Yes, sir. One, I think that, that you bring to mind is, <clears throat> is such a key piece to this and those, those different timetable realities is this eternal perspective mm-hmm. uh you know like you said in your situation to to not have the opportunity to experience certain ages and experiences before that loss um to be able to continue to grow in this eternal perspective that it was it's continuing on mm-hmm. And I believe, and we've we've continued to process this, that I don't know what heaven is going to look like, the other side, eternity, that side of eternity. But the more I think I'm growing to understand the ways of the Father and His faithfulness, is it didn't, the good didn't stop. It's just getting started. And I know our relationships will be different when we get to heaven, but I I have to believe it just seems consistent relationships and and personal uniqueness and identity is such a part of his created design that in some way he still got that factored in. Mm-hmm. And we can have joyful, confident expectation no matter what the situation reality. And, and I think that's the hope that we can live with and continue on now. And again, even as we see their lives living on here through our stories and our testimonies, the fulfillment of their purpose. I mean, they are actually contributing to the life of other people mm-hmm. and bringing them to the Lord and bringing them to, to fulfillment. Mm-hmm here and they're already gone to the other side mm-hmm. so tremendous value one other thing if i can I, I don't want to miss the opportunity to tell you just a couple of things real quick about ryan yes sir please do because it is unique and i'm sure to many that may be listening to this who may have uh, lost an adult mm-hmm. child and i say child because it doesn't I've, I've talked with countless people who've lost uh, children in their 50s and even 60s mm. and they're still their child <clears throat> and there's and, they, and there's still some of these same elements that you see that you think wow that's that, that person was 55 years old and they still but uh, for Ryan 33 uh, and this is unique to my situation, but there was actually a sense of rescue in his departure. Mm -hmm. 
loss for us and extremely painful, but God has given us a gift of seeing that he was involved in his life on a very intimate way from childhood as a believer, but one who suffered a lot of struggle and challenge in his life. And from the point of graduating high school and uh, some things that he experienced in his life that we didn't even know that had really affected him and he had a lot of struggle with that and and uh, led to a, a period of time with some addiction and some different, just a lot of brokenness <clears throat> and some struggle back from that, from the age of 18 to 33. Uh, but to watch God continue to work in his life and what I saw happening in his life was exactly what I described with David. In the midst of the brokenness and the struggles mentally and emotionally and trying to process and overcome mistakes of the past, those kind of things, he was growing in that up to the day that he left this earth. And so lots of evidences and things that I um, maybe will come out in a book someday mm-hmm. that God just, he speaks to us in these moments, in these times, no matter what the age, what the situation, he's speaking and he's, and sometimes he's silent and it's not because he's not there or that he's, he's always working on our behalf and he wants us just to let go and rest in his embrace so so i say that to say that you may be in situations if you have an adult child again there could be a lot of places of regret or woulda coulda shoulda there that that parents often struggle with but again to to know and believe in our heart Romans 8, 28, that he makes all things work together for good. We could not be where we are today. We could not be having this podcast and having the understanding and the appreciation for this reality had we not experienced it. Yes. And so God is giving and adding value all the time because that's who he is. That's what he's committed to us for. And, um, and I'm so... I say Ryan was my greatest teacher. You know, the scriptures that says your teachers will be, won't be removed anymore. You'll see who they are. And and our children are often our greatest teacher. I say God didn't give parents children to raise. He gave children parents to raise. Because he does that. So even to the degree of what we've experienced, we see the faithfulness of God and that he is bringing life in him we live and move and have our very being there's no element to where he does he has not gone before us and he will manifest everything he's promised in its time and if it's not good here or let's say it is good here it's got to be gooder there that's awesome (laughs) so eternity is not going to change that it's going to be a continual expression and expansion of that reality that we're beginning to taste in him now thank you guys for letting me thank you be here thank you so much i mean we are both deeply indebted and honored that you would take your time and share the story of your beautiful son and sons and and wife and your family and 
just all that you, that uh, God has done and continues to do through you, and we're just so grateful for you taking this time. And uh, thank you. We would hope that in the future there will be another opportunity for us to meet up and continue this discussion because there's so many things that I think we need to follow up on. Um, Sorry after, about after, that. After, no, I love, I love <laughs> it. I'm so yeah. grateful. I'm mean, just so thankful. And and so thank you again so much and for honoring your family and your son the way that you do in your daily life and certainly today as well and we want to thank everyone for listening to the lost boys of found fathers podcast make sure you follow us on uh, social media facebook instagram twitter and just look for lost boys of found fathers and that'll come up and um, certainly uh, like to give a little plug for for my book that that will be done put a question mark at the end of that you find out amazon and uh, the second book's almost up and ready for uh, for distribution on, on Amazon, Apple Books, and on BarnesandNoble.com. It'll be called, uh, what did I say it was called? I just forgot the name. It's called uh, oh, Every Little Thing. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Every Little Thing, Six Small Steps to Perfect Peace. And so that'll be available soon, too. But thank you, Mr. Nelson. Rob, for being here today. Thank, thank you, you, Will. Appreciate you. Uh, let's not be lost. Let's be found in him.